From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic is machine learning in the food and beverage industry. AI offers opportunities for innovation for customers and operational efficiencies for employees. But having a data strategy in place to capture these benefits is crucial. Two words for you, global innovation. My guest is Jorge Balestra, Global Head Machine Learning Operations and Platforms at Kraft Heinz Company. This episode of Business Lab is produced in partnership with Infosys Topaz. Welcome, Jorge. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, wonderful to have you. So people are likely familiar with Kraft Heinz since it is one of the world's largest food and beverage companies. Could you talk to us about your role at Kraft Heinz and how machine learning can help consumers in the grocery aisle? Certainly. So I, I have my role is, I will call it, has two major focus and two areas. Uh, one of them is I lead the machine learning engineering operations of the company globally. And on the other hand, I provide all of the analytical platforms that the company is using uh, also on a global basis. So in role number one in my machine learning engineering and operations, what my team does is we grab all of these models that are community of data scientists that are working globally uh, are coming up with and we grab them and we strengthen it. Our, our, our major mission in here is the first thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we are applying engineering practices to make them production ready and they can scale. They can also uh, run in a cost-effective manner and from there, we ensure that in my operations hat, they are there when needed. So a lot of these models, because they become part of our day-to-day -day operations, they're going to come with certain specific service level uh, commitments that we need to make. So my team makes sure that we are delivering on those at the, you know, with the right expectations. Um, and on my other hat, which is the analytical platforms, is... Um, you know, we do a lot of descriptive, predictive, and prescriptive uh, work in terms of analytics. Uh, the descriptive portion, where you're talking about just like the regular kind of dashboarding summarization piece uh, around our data and where the data lives, all of those analytical platforms that the company is using are also something that I take care of. And with that, you know, you would think that, you know, I have a very broad base of customers in, in, in the company, both in terms of geographies, so where they are, uh, from uh, some of our businesses in Asia all the way into North America, but also across the organization from marketing to HR and everything in between. Going into your, you know, your question about how machine learning is helping our consumers in the grocery aisle. I'll probably summarize that, you know, for a CPG, it's all about having the right product at the right price at the right location for you. What that means is on the right product, 
And, you know, in, in there, machine learning can help a lot our marketing teams. Uh, for example, even when they are now with the latest generative AI capabilities are showing up, like brainstorming and creating new content to R&D, what we are trying to figure out how, what is the best formulas for our products. Uh, there's definitely now ML is, is making inroads in, in that space. The right price, all about cost efficiencies throughout, from our plans to our distribution centers, making sure that we are eliminating waste, you know, leveraging machine learning capabilities is something that we're doing across the board. From our revenue management, which is, which is the right price for people to buy our products. And then last but not least is the right location. So we need to make sure that we are, when our consumers are going into their stores or are buying our products online, that the product is there for you. And you're gonna, you know, you're gonna find the product you like, the flavor you like um, immediately. And uh, so there is a, a, a huge effort around predicting our demand, organizing our supply chain, our distribution, uh, our, our scheduling and our plans to make sure that we are, you know, producing the right quantities, quantities and delivering it to the right places so our consumers can find our products. Well, that certainly makes sense since data does play such a crucial role in deploying advanced technologies, especially machine learning. So how does Kraft Heinz ensure the accessibility, quality, and security of all of that data at the right place at the right time to drive effective machine learning operations or ML ops? Are there specific best practices that you've discovered? Well, the best practice that I can probably advise people on is definitely data is the fuel of machine learning. So without data, there's no modeling. And data, organizing your data, both the data that you have internally and externally takes time. Um, making sure that it's not only accessible and you are organizing it in a way that you don't have a gazillion technologies to, to deal with is important, but also I would say the curation of it. That is a long-term commitment. So uh, I strongly advise anyone that is listening right now to understand that um, your data journey, as it is, is a journey. It doesn't have an end destination and also is going to take time. And the more you are successful in terms of getting all the data that you need organized and making sure that it's available, the more successful you're going to be leveraging all of that uh, with models and machine learning and great things that are there to actually then accomplish a specific business outcome. So a good metaphor that I like to say is there's you know, a lot of researchers and MIT is known by its research, but the researchers cannot do anything without the librarians, with all the people that are organizing the knowledge around so that you can go and actually do what you need to do, which is in this case, research. So never forget that you know, data is the fuel and data, it's, it, 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 it takes effort. It is a journey. It never ends because, you know, that's what is really your, uh, what I would call the, uh, what differentiates a lot of uh, successful efforts compared to unsuccessful ones. Hmm. 
you know, kind of getting back to that right place at the right time mentality, you know, within the last few years, the consumer packaged good or, you know, you mentioned earlier, CPG sector has seen such major shifts from changing customer demands to the proliferation of e-commerce channels. So how can AI and machine learning tools help influence business outcomes or, you know, improve operational efficiency? So I got two examples that I can say. One is, well, obviously we all want to kind of kind of forget about what happened during the pandemic. Uh, but for us, it was a key, very challenging time because out of nowhere, all of our supply chain got disrupted. Uh, our consumers um, needed, you know, our products more than ever because they were they were more hunkered down in home. So one of the things that I tell you is that at least for us that was key was through our modeling, through uh, the data that we had, we had some good early warning about certain disruptions in the supply chain, and we were able to at least get, you know, especially when the outbreak started a couple of weeks in advance, we were moving product, we were taking, you know, actions, early actions um, in terms of uh, ensuring that we were delivering an increased amount of product what was needed. And that was because we had the data and we had some of those models that were alerting us about, hey, something is wrong here. Something is happening with our supply chain you need to take action. And taking action uh, at the right time is key in terms of getting ahead of a lot of the things that can happen. And in our case, obviously, we live in a competitive world. So taking actions before competition is important, that timing component. Uh, another example I can give you, and it's more of uh, something that is more we're doing more, more and more nowadays is this piece that I was referring to about the right location, about product availability is key for CPG. And that is measured in something uh, that is called the CFR, you know, and is the customer fill rate, which means basically is when someone is ordering product from Kraft Heinz, that we are able to fulfill that order to 100%. And we are expecting to be really high with like high 90s in terms of how efficient we are, or, you know, filling those orders. We have developed now technology uh, that I think we are pretty proud of because it's, I think it's, we, it is unique within CPG that allows us to really predict what is going to happen with CFR in the future based on the specific actions we are taking today. Whereas our, it's changing our production lines, whereas, you know, uh, changes in distribution, et cetera, we're able to see not only the immediate effect, but what's going to happen in the future with that CFR. So we can really, you know, act uh, on it on and, and deliver actions right now that are in the benefit of our, you know, distribution in, in, in the future. So those are, I would call it, say, two examples in terms of how we're leveraging AI and machine learning tools in our day-to-day -day operations. Are those, um, you know, kind of examples, the CFR as well as the supply chain and kind of making sure consumers had everything at, on demand almost, is this unique to the food and beverage industry? And what are perhaps some other unique challenges that the food and beverage industry faces when you're implementing AI and machine learning innovations? And how do you navigate challenges like that? 
Yeah, I think uh, something that is very unique for us is um, that we always have to deal with an incomplete picture in terms of the data that we have in our consumers. So if you think about it, um, when you go into a grocery store, the the uh, couple of things, well, you are buying from that, you know, uh, store, the Kroger's, Walmart's, et cetera. And some of, of those will have you identified in terms of what is your, you know, consumption pattern, some will not. But also uh, in our case, if you are going to go buy in Philadelphia, for example, you may choose to buy your Philadelphia in multiple outlets. In, uh, you know, sometimes you want more and you want to Costco. Sometimes you go, you need less. So in my case, I live in the Chicagoland area. I go to a jewel. So we always have to deal with incomplete data on our customers. And that is, that is a challenge because what we're trying to figure out is how to better serve our consumers um, based on what product you like, you know, where you're buying them, what is the right price point for you. So... Um, but we're always uh, dealing with data that is incomplete. So in this case, you know, having a clear um, uh, data strategy around what we have there and a clear understanding of the markets that we have out there so we can really grab that incomplete data that we have out there and still come up with the right actions in terms of what are the right products to put, just to give you an, uh, you know, uh, an, an example, a clear example of it is, um, I'm going back to Philadelphia because by the way, that's my favorite craft product ever. Philadelphia <laughs> uh, cream cheese, right? Yes, right. absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's my, you know, followed by a close second with our ketchup. I still, I have, I have a soft spot for, for Philadelphia, uh, pun intended. <laughs> exactly. No, but it, you, you have different presentations. You know, you have the spreadable, you, you have the brick. Within the brick, we have some flavors, and what you what you what we want to do is make sure that we are providing, you know, the flavors that people really want, not producing the ones that people don't want, you know, because that's just just waste, um, without knowing specifically who is buying on the other side, and do you want to buy it in supermarket one or two, or sometimes you are shifting. Um, but that is the one, the, the things that we are constantly in the look for, uh, and obviously dealing with uh, the reality about hey, data is going to be incomplete. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly, and we don't even want to know exactly where people are doing on the daily daily li- uh, lives. What we want is just to get enough of the data so we can provide the right product for our consumers. And, and an example like cream cheese, you and ketchup probably, <laughs> especially if you have kids in the house, it's one of those products that you use on a fairly daily basis. So, knowing all of this, how does Kraft Heinz prepare data for AI projects? Because that's in itself is a project. So, what are the first steps to kind of get ready for AI? You know, one thing that we have been pretty successful on is what I would call the potluck approach for data, meaning that individual projects, individual groups are focused on deliver a very specific use case. And that is the right thing to do. You know, when you are dealing with a a project in, in supply chain and you're trying just to, for example, say, hey, 
I want to optimize my CFR, you are really not going to be caring that much about what sales wants to do. However, if you implement a potluck approach, meaning that, okay, you need data from somebody else. And it's very likely that you, uh, you have data to offer because that's part of your use case. So the, the potluck approach means that hey, if you want to try out the food of somebody else, you need to bring your own to the table. So if you do that, what starts happening is your data, your enterprise data becomes little by little more accessible. And if you do it right, eventually you pretty much have a, have a lot and, and almost everything in there. That is one thing that I would probably advise people to do in the sense that think big, think strategically, but act tactically, act knowing that individual projects is gonna, they're gonna have a more limited scope. But if you establish certain practices around sharing, around how data should be managed, then each individual project is gonna be contributing to the larger strategy without the larger strategy being a burden for the individual projects, if that makes sense. Sure. So at least for us, that has been, you know, pretty successful uh, over time. So we have data challenges, absolutely, you know, as everybody else is. But at least from what I've been able to hear from other people, uh, Kraft Heinz is in a good place in terms of data availability. Uh, because once you reach certain critical mass, what ends up happening is there's no need to bring additional data. You're always now reusing it because uh, data is large, but it's finite. So it's not infinite. It's not going to something is going to grow forever. Uh, if you do it right, you should see that eventually you don't need to bring in more and more data. You just need to fine tune and really leverage the data that you have, probably be more granular, probably get it faster. That's a good, that's a good signal. And so I have the data, but I need it faster because I need to act on it. Great. You're on the right track. And also your, your your associated costs around data should reflect that. You should not grow, uh, you know, uh, to infinity. That data is, is data is large, but it's finite. So speaking of kind of getting data quickly and making use of it, how does Kraft Heinz use compute power and the cloud scalability or scaling ability for AI projects? How do you see these two strategies kind of coming together? Definitely the technology has come a long way uh, in the last few years because what cloud is offering is more of that flexibility and it's removing a lot of the you know uh, limitations, both in terms of scale and performance we used to have. So, you know, to give you an example, a few years back, we I had to worry about, you know, do I have enough storage in my servers to host all the data that we are, you know, getting in? And then if I, if I didn't, how long is it going to take for me to add another server? Mm -hmm. um, with cloud as an enabler, that's no longer an issue. It's, it's, it's a few lines of code and you get what you need. Um, also, some of the, especially on, on, on the data side, 
some of the more modern technologies, talking about Snowflake or BigQuery, enable you to separate your compute from your storage. What it basically means in practical terms is you don't have people uh, fighting over limited compute power. So, you know, data can be the same for everyone and everybody can be accessing the data without having to, you know, overlap each other and then fighting about, oh, if you run this, I cannot run that. And then we have all sorts of problems. So definitely, you know, what cloud allowed us to do is get out of the way in terms of, you know, the technology as a limitation. What also, you know, and 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 the, the great thing that happened and there with now with all the AI, AI projects is now you could focus on actually delivering on the 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 use cases that you have without having to have limitations around, um, you know, how am I going to scale? Uh, that is no longer the case. You have to worry about costs because it could cost you an arm and a leg but not necessarily around how to scale and how long it's gonna take me to scale. So the different, the agility of the whole thing increased exponentially because what used to take months, now it can be done in a matter of seconds via code. Um, so definitely I, I, I see how all of this explosion around analytics, around AI is possible because of uh, cloud as really powering all of these initiatives that are, are popping up left, right, and center. And, you know, speaking about this, you kind of can't really go it alone. So how do partners like Infosys help bring in those new skills and industry know-how to help build the overall digital strategy for data, AI, cloud, and whatever comes next? You know, much in the same way that I think, you know, cloud has been an enabler in terms of this, I think uh, companies and, and partners like Infosys are also that kind of enablers, because you know, in a way, it, they are part of of what I would call an expertise ecosystem. I don't think any company nowadays can do any of this on its own. You need partners. You need partners that both are bringing in like new ideas, new technology, but also they are bringing in the right the right level of uh, expertise in terms of people that you need and in a global sense at least for us having someone that has a global footprint is important because we are a global company so we'll say that you know, it's the same thing that we talked about earlier about cloud being as an enabler the that expertise ecosystem represented by companies like Infosys is just another key enabler without which really, you will be really struggling to deliver. So that's what I'd probably say, you know, anyone that is listening right now is, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, your um, ecosystem, your expert ecosystem is good and is thriving and you have the right, the right partners for the right job. When you think about the future and, and also all these kind of tough problems that you're tackling at Kraft Heinz, how important will something like synthetic data be to your data strategy and, and business strategy as well? What is synthetic data? And then what are some of those challenges associated with using it to kind of fill in the gaps for real world data? 
So in our case, I'll be very, you know, we don't use a lot of synthetic data nowadays because at least from the areas that we have also to fill in terms of data is something that we've been dealing for a while. Uh, so we are, let's put it this way, uh, already familiar on how to produce and fill in the gaps using the using some of the synthetic data techniques, but not really to the same extent as other organizations are. So we are still looking for opportunities when, when that is the case in terms of what we need to use and leverage synthetic data, but it's not something at least in, in for craft finds and CPG at all, at all, we use extensively in multiple places as other organizations are. And so lastly, when you think ahead to the future, what will the digital operating model for an AI first firm that's focused on data look like? What do you, what do you see for the future? You know, what I see for the future is, um, well, first of all, uncertainty, meaning that I don't think we can predict exactly what's going to happen because the area in particular is uh, growing and evolving at a speed that, uh, man, I think is just uh, honestly dazzling. It's just because of the major things. I think at least what I would say is the real muscle that we need to be really exercise and be ready for is adaptability, meaning that we can learn, we can react and apply, you know, all of the new things that are coming in as hopefully at the same speed that they are occurring and really leveraging new opportunities when they present themselves in an agile way, but at least from the uh, how to prepare for it, I think is more about preparing the organization, your team to be ready for that, really act on it and, 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 and be ready also to understand the specific you know, uh, business challenges that are there and look for opportunities where any of the new things or maybe existing things that are happening can be applied to solve a specific problem. And I will go back to my earlier, hey, we're a CPT company and that means right product, right price, right location. So anything boils down to how can I be better in those three dimensions, leveraging whatever is available today, whatever is going to be available tomorrow, and uh, and just but keep focusing on, at least for us, we are a CPG company. We manufacture in Philadelphia. We manufacture uh, ketchup. We, we, we feed people our, our our, our mission is to delight people via food. And the technology, uh, AI or what have you, is our tool to excel at our mission. So being able to learn how to leverage existing future to get the right product to the, on the right price on the right location is what we are all about. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Jorge. I appreciate you being with us today on the Business Lab. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. That was Jorge Balestra, Global Head, Machine Learning Operations and Platforms at Kraft Heinz Company, who I spoke with 
from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the Director of Insights, the custom publishing division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And you can also find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Jiro Studios. Thanks for listening.